is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? This is Hangin' with the Talking Cowboys break. Now that's a mouthful. Streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Welcome to our special show. And by special, I mean that in so many different ways. <laughs> what a lead-in. Our yes. special show. Hang- welcome, welcome to the short straw, guys. There you go. <laughs> hanging with, let me read this right. Hanging with Talking Cowboys Break. Yeah, that's I'm a lot. Shannon that's a mouthful. Gross, joined by Brian, brought us to my left. Thank you, thank you. To his left, we got Rowdy Rob Phillips. And to his left, we got... Dave. There you go. There we go. Tiny Jim. How Tiny you doing, Jim. Dave? I'm awesome, yeah? man. How are you? How was vacay? Uh, it was good. Yeah? It was good. Yeah. yeah. You know, most good vacations aren't very relaxing. So yeah. that's kind of how I feel. Did you guys had family truckster you driving around in? Uh, it was a Kia frontage or something, I think. I don't remember. Oh, wow. Crammed in a car with your family, family on a cross-country time. trip. Love Tiny week. Sounds awesome. He's going to see him again tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good, good stuff. Good planning in the Hellman family. Good times. Oh, so you guys are probably wondering why we have this special show with yeah. special people in a special location. We are in Ford Center at the Star in Frisco, and you can see the team is, is back over there behind Dave's uh, right shoulder. So we are here talking about Cowboys U, and it's it's a, uh, a really cool thing that Coach Garrett's done the last, what, probably five, six years? Five? Every year that I've been yeah. here. Yeah, yep. last five years. It's brought to you by uh, Texas Lottery. And seven years, eight years is what Beans telling me. Longer than five, yeah. yeah. So basically, they bring in uh, area high school students, and the players, the Cowboys players, become coaches, and they coach these guys up. and And after the the games are all over, they play tournament style. After the championship games over, um, the players and uh, and Cowboys coaches talk to the the kids about life lessons and, and adversity that they've been through and faced. And it's really, really a cool deal. It's it's one of the, to me, it's one of the the favorite things that the team. My favorite thing that the team does. Um, so we're yeah we're here. Hopefully the plan is to to kind of rotate rotate talent on and off the uh, set, and also hopefully grab some players and bring them over and talk a little football and talk a little bit about this event. So I gotta say it wasn't the same without Jason Witten last year. This, no, no. You talk right. about an animated guy doing this. Being co- I mean any a preview of his coaching days if in fact he becomes a coach one day. He gets into it, man. All the guys do. I mean, do. in a positive way. But, yeah, all the guys do. But uh, it, he, it wasn't he, the same without his energy out there yeah, last yeah. year after he retired, quote, unquote, for mm-hmm. a year. You know, I think this is overall when you – I like what Coach Garrett has done here with this because if you look at uh, what athletics does in guys' lives and, and, and ladies' lives too, you know, there's a lot of homes, split homes, and mm-hmm. I'm not trying to get deep here or anything, but – there's a lot of single mom, you know, homes or, you know, one parent homes. And, you know, there's a lot of adversity. And athletics is one of those things that kind of brings everybody together. Mm-hmm. And the fact if you can get maybe these players as, uh, like, you know, brother, father type figures to kind of say, hey, listen, I'm in this, I was in the same boat you were. I was mm-hmm. from a, a family in Michigan. Or, you know, I mean, you could kind of share ideas that, hey, don't give up your dreams, don't give up your hopes, you know, go out there, use athletics to your advantage. And Mm -hmm. this is a great thing that players do. They get into it so much because 
they've they've seen themselves they they've seen themselves kind of be in that you know wearing that orange jersey or navy blue jersey or purple jersey today whatever and and they say you know I, i'm glad somebody tried to push me along or help me along mm-hmm. so this is really one of the special things that, that this organization does yeah and there's a lot of guys um on this team the cowboys team that have great stories that oh, have faced adversity, yeah. that have lost parents, it's that have absolutely. fought through, you know, um, Tyrone Crawford's story, you know, Antoine Woods has a great story, just yeah. overcoming adversity. And anytime you can influence someone at a younger age and, and let yeah. them know, hey, you can you can overcome oh, things you can overcome. and you can be successful and right. you can make it to the, the highest level. Absolutely. It's, it's always a real plus. So. Absolutely. Dave, you've you've done this for several years. What's what's your take on kind of what they do here? I'm like that prompted me to kind of reflect on some of the stories that I've heard. And I mean, forget being an undrafted free agent or like any of that, you know, surface level football adversity. Like some of the stories I've heard at this event, I just, uh, you know, he's no longer with the team. Kyle Wilbur uh, overcame some harrowing circumstances. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's I can't even do it justice. I don't want to misrepresent the story. I think you could probably find it if, online if you wanted to go look for it. He and I don't think any of us knew until he no. spoke to the, to right. the kids yeah. that day. And I think Jason Garrett really wanted him to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to kind of emphasize like, hey, no matter what happens, you can overcome it. Um, obviously, Dak Prescott's a famous one. Yeah. We all know his story. Um, I just happened to wear the T-shirt today. Yeah, way to yeah. go. By yeah. the way, if you're not watching this, you're just listening, you yeah. need to at some point go check the the live or the, the video version of this out because – this is the most motley dressed crew we've ever had. <laughs> Brought us is in a t-shirt. Brian looks this like this is Dak. It's a yeah, weird I'm time. In a sport coat. Yeah. Yeah, Rob's in, in a button down. Dave's got a pullover. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're just all over the place. It's, you know, whatever. Thanks right. for drawing it, attention it, to it. But we look good. Yeah. We look good. Yeah. It's the content you, that it's matters. A, it's, a, it's eclectic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's the content that matters. Yeah. Um, Anthony Hitchens, I believe, was adopted. Um, yeah. Just, you know. It, we always say it, and we're really privileged by the fact that we're in the building and we're around these guys a lot more than even most media. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I said, they, they overcome stuff in their lives that go way beyond, you know, where you were drafted or, you know, maybe you got cut from a team or something. Uh, and so I think that's Garrett's whole point is mm-hmm. trying to impart that wisdom onto onto these kids. Yeah, and right now they have uh, one of the wounded warriors that actually came and spoke to the team last year after a practice, Travis Mills. Um, I think he's lost one arm or both arms and both legs. Um, and he's out there talking to the kids right now about adversity and what he's faced and things like that. So it's it goes a lot deeper than just football and a football tournament. It's It's, you know, life. So, yeah. yeah. And big shout out to Chris Beam, Dave Ernst, uh, Kent Garrison, Scott Purcell. Um, the setup that they put out here was not easy to set up for us just yeah. to sit here and BS for an hour, an hour yeah. and a half. So thank you guys for setting all this up. So what are you before we you know, we talked about the camp. Let's talk a little football. What okay. We've only got one more week of shows next week. We do our podcast and then we take a break for about three weeks and then we head to training camp. What are each go down kind of go, go down the line? What are you what are you watching at camp this year and what are you excited to see because camp's always fun because it's the unknown and it's what you think might happen but you don't really know and you and there's certain people that look for certain things what are you guys looking forward to you know i think shannon one of the things that i i, I always look from a scouting perspective of the depth of the roster I'm always interested because what's going to happen in training camp is you're going to lose guys along the way. And when you lose guys along the way, do you have enough depth to maintain levels of practice, high levels of practice? Are these guys who are backups going to be able to 
uh, get in there and be starters potentially and all that. So my thing is I always look at, okay, they, who did they bring in and how are they adapting? I, I talked about it when we did a little bit of a stand-up when we did the roundtable of how these guys that were um, that the, the, the Randall Cobbs and the Robert Quinns, those guys, those veteran guys, how do those veteran guys come in and adapt? Because they've been a part of some successful programs, and now they're in a whole new system. And both those guys have really hit the ground running. I've been very impressed with that. I've been very impressed with like the young guys. That, you know, They've got guys like a Reggie Davis met uh, yesterday, got an opportunity, wide receiver from Georgia, got an opportunity to run with the first offense. Mm. And what happens? Ball goes down the right sideline from Dak Prescott. He makes an incredible catch for a touchdown. See, these are guys, okay, who is going to be those guys that step up mm. and allow the depth of the roster? And there might be those one or two guys that surprise you who make that 53-man roster that we did not think about at this point in time, but you need to kind of keep an eye on. Yeah, it's interesting you brought up depth because I read an article a while, long time ago, Phil Mickelson's a notorious gambler. Huge gambler. And he won um, a prop bet at the beginning of the season when he bet on the Ravens several years ago. Right. And they asked him, like, what his strategy was, and he said he would go down each NFL roster and whoever had the most depth, depth. and had the best backup players is right. who he went with because, right. like you said, you're going to lose players along Absolutely. the way. Absolutely, yeah. Rob, what what you looking forward to? Brian hit on a lot of good stuff. Red, <laughs> Sorry about that. No, Red, no. Reggie well, talked for Tech. five minutes. I was yeah, ramble so. wreck there for yeah. a minute. Yeah. Red, Reggie Davis, that was a guy. I don't know if a lot of fans knew who he was until yesterday. Right. Number eleven out there, just going deep. Dak Prescott in red zone drills for a touchdown. I, it does speak to the wide receiver depth, and I. I'm impressed with that, the offensive line depth and the defensive line depth. Those are three spots I look at and say when you go to camp, I don't, they're not going to be able to keep all these guys. I think there's 16 defensive linemen right now, and a lot of them are really talented. Guys even that were undrafted that might be able to make a football team may not be this one. What I'm looking at the most and when we get to Oxnard is this offense with Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. Can, how much can we glean from Kellen Moore's new influence as the offensive coordinator? And the thing that I think is going to help Dak a lot is the continuity that he's got this year. Even with a couple new pieces coming in, I don't know if you call Jason Witten new, right? but you've got him coming in to help this tight end group. You've got Randall Cobb, a veteran presence that I think you mentioned hit the ground running. I right. think he looks Boy, he's been great. He looks like he's been here a couple years Absolutely. in this scheme. Yeah. And then now this receiver core around Dak is that whole Dak-friendly thing. He's got guys he's comfortable with now. You, you go back to camp last year, and it was a bunch of new faces, a bunch of new guys trying to make the team, trying to separate themselves, and it didn't really shake out until Amari Cooper got here. And once Amari Cooper got here, I think it, it made Dak more comfortable. It stabilized the rotation, and you're seeing – more of a continuity level for Dak, which is so important for your quarterback. Michael Gallup in year two. I think this is the pieces are set for Dak to have a really successful year this year, but it's got to carry into camp. Dave, what's left to talk about? Nothing. I, I mean, it's all eyes on the offense. I know what the defense is. Rod Marinelli's a legend. Chris Richard, superstar coach. We all know about that. There's pro bowlers at every level of the defense. They had a Robert Quinn. They're cool. All about the offense. They brought in Kellen Moore. Uh, they believe in him. A lot of people don't think they should. So it'll be interesting to to see how that pans out. We're going to get a look at the offense, not just during training camp practices, but we'll get two preseason games before we come back from the West Coast. Will it be better? Because the defense was good enough last year. It was top ten. Will yeah, the I, offense be better? I think the hope, if as a Cowboy fan, is you have to hope that that this year that Kellen Moore is Chris Richard of last year. Right. That all of a sudden that we've the, seen the, the, the that it can make a big difference. Yeah, right? we did. That all of a sudden, if you take personnel and you and you and you turn it around with coaching. 
mm -hmm. then all of a sudden, and it, not a slam at the coaches that were already here, Chris Richard brought a different attitude, a different mindset, and you've got to hope that, that, that maybe that Kellen Moore can do the very same yeah. thing. The talent is on hand for, I mean, you know, they don't, they don't have to be the Rams. You know, they don't have to be the most explosive offense in the league, but the talent is on hand for them to be good. It'll be interesting to see if they do. Yeah. Oh, we got somebody coming over Coach here. Garrett somebody looks like kind him. of important. <laughs> we got to kick Dave off here. Real kick quick, Dave off so. the set. Yep. What's up, Hello, Coach? Coach? How, How are, are you? you? Good to see you. Well, welcome to the show. Uh, the ringleader of this whole event, Coach Garrett. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're doing great, great, Coach. So tell us, we were, we were talking about the event, how great this thing is, and how it's one of our favorite things that the team does off the field. Tell us how this thing got started. How did who who was the brain behind this thing? Uh, you know, we've been doing football camps for a long time. When I was a player here with the Cowboys in the '90s, we did a camp at Capel High School for five years, and, and that was a long, long time ago. And and uh, for the last 17 years, we've been doing a camp very similar to this up at Princeton, uh, where I went to school. We go back there. It's actually next weekend, uh, where we do a very similar thing. Uh, some high school kids who are playing football from that tri-state area up there come down, some of them from challenging environments, uh, at-risk environments, uh, many of them, all of them. And, uh, you know, we'll bring cowboy players, cowboy coaches, guys that I've played with and coached with throughout my life, and we come and we coach them up. And and we've been doing that for a number of years. And then, you know, when I became the head coach here, we said, well, why don't we do this in Dallas somehow? And why don't we do it with our own players? So eight years ago, we kind of put the, 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 the Dallas Cowboys version of it, the Cowboys U version of it together. And it's been a really positive thing. Uh, we take our last OTA day, OTA 10, mm -hmm. and we do this. And, and these kids come from all over the Metroplex. And it's a great opportunity for our, for our coaches, excuse me, for our players to act as coaches. Mm -hmm. And this year we have eight teams. So we have two head coaches per team so they draft their coaching staff among their teammates they put it together and then they go coach ball and, and hopefully by the end of the day we've used football as a medium to to impact lives and, and, and to make a positive uh, impact on a number of these kids who are working their way through life and uh, one of the things I challenge our players with is you were sitting in these seats a few years ago some of you five eight, ten years ago, and you were like these kids, and you had somebody in your life that helped you go in the right direction to achieve your dreams, and that's what our job is today. We have five or six hours with them. Let's make a positive impact. I'm naive enough to think that we can do that. Coach, your, your father was a, a great influence on you, and, and you always talk about that, and I worked with your dad in scouting for six years. Utmost respect. You had a situation at home where you your family, football, 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 but you your dad took your friends, players, yes, anybody out in the yard and coaching them up and stuff like that. So football, it's life lessons. It's really your family is football, but you, you kind of take that family approach here with these kids and, and kind of help them with, with life lessons and how important football really is in our life. Yeah, you know, f football is the greatest game in the world, and, and there are so many lessons you can learn for life from playing this game. And, uh, you know, I would argue that's probably its biggest impact. Uh, there are so many people who are doing great things in our society right now who, who really attribute many of the lessons they learned uh, to become who they are from their time playing football when they were young. And, and I understood that at an early age. Like you said, my dad was a coach. 
coach. He was always instilling, you know, whatever it is, a work ethic, a mental toughness, ability to handle adversity, to come back and respond. I think those are really important things in life, and it's what football is all about. So, again, it's a football camp. We're playing seven on seven. It's the championship of the world, all of that. But at the end of the day, our players have an opportunity today to make a positive impact on kids. And I think they're taking that very seriously. They're having fun with it, and uh, it'll be a great day for everybody. How many players, is there a player on your roster that maybe sticks out, a story that you've heard of a guy on your team that that those formative years, those high school years really stood out for them? Uh, something that in their life that impacted them uh, growing you know, up playing football? I, I would argue that every one of our players has a story, just yeah. like every one of us has a story. And the people that we had the good fortune to be around to help us go where we wanted to go are significant in our lives. I go back to my high school coaches, my junior high coaches. There were huge influences on me. And, and many of these kids have those same kinds of influences. Sometimes it's your mom, sometimes it's your dad, sometimes a grandfather, grandmother, aunt, uncle, coach, teacher. We all have an opportunity to have a positive impact on kids. And I think if you ask all of our players, they'll say the same thing. And, and we actually had our, some of our players answer that question. And we're going to put that up on the big screen prior to the championship game because they reflect back and say, huh, I had these aspirations. I had these dreams. This person had an impact on me. Maybe this game or this incident had an influence on me to, to allow me to achieve what I wanted to achieve. They take that seriously. I think they're imparting that on these kids today. Yeah. Do you think it's that it, 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 you talked about the life experiences and, and that your players might have been in that chair? Right. Does it something that you that, that that's okay? Now I'm using this as their experiences to try and help these kids. Is that really the whole Absolutely. message that you know? Hey, listen, I was in that chair where you're at right now. I mean, I I know what you guys are going through right now, and especially with what society today we have so many split homes and and single parents and stuff like that. But these players, they get to be like brothers, fathers, whatever you want to say, a good influence on these kids. Yeah, no question. They can make an impact on their lives. And, again, I think our players relate to it because I think they were in these situations very recently. And the other part of this thing is most of the kids are football fans. Right. And, you know, I told Dak Prescott, they know Dak Prescott more than Dak knows Dak Prescott. They know right. more about him. So it's a great opportunity to use your influence. And, you know, I think the most important thing we can do in life is instill belief in someone. Right. You know, instill belief. Maybe they don't have in themselves. Instill that belief in them as they go forward. And, uh, you know, the, the, the biggest influences in my life were people who believed in me more than I believed in myself. And they instilled that belief in me. That happened throughout my life. It happened to our players. And, again, we're trying to do that with our kids today. One more question. We know you got to get back out there, Coach. <clears throat> Talking about character in these guys and their stories, I've heard that this is one of, if not the best locker rooms that a lot of these guys have ever been around. Was that something that you guys have focused on, or did it kind of just fall into place, getting the right kind of guys in here and everything? No, we're very intentional on that. I mean, you've been hearing me say that for a number yeah. of years now. We want the right kind of guys on our team, uh, guys who love football, guys who want to be part of a team, willing to work, sacrifice, to do the things necessary to achieve what we want to achieve. And uh, we're all a work in progress. We're all human beings. We're not perfect. Uh, but, but we want to be very intentional and bring great care to our to our team, the right kind of guys to our team. And, and ultimately, the championship teams that I've been around had that. We had, we had great character on our team, personal character, football character. That's what we're trying to build. I think we have a team made of that. And uh, it's fun to come to work 
fun to coach these kinds of guys. It's fun for them to play with each other. Uh, these are the kind of guys you want to be with each and every day. Yeah. Well, it's fun to work here. It's fun to watch all this taking place and, and the stuff you're building up. It's great, man. It's awesome to be a part of this organization. Yeah. So thanks for the time, yeah. Coach. We know yeah, you got to so get much. after it. So thanks, coach. For thank, thanks for being here, guys. You Appreciate bet. you. Always a good thing, you know, yeah. when you when you have a plan and you, you know, he clearly has a, a message and a mission, mm -hmm. you know, and again, I talked about his father, Jim Garrett, who I worked with in scouting and Jim le is legendary in that area of taking kids from the neighborhood and instilling life lessons, football, whatever, you know, you know, that's the way things are, you know, and, and I think that's a, he, he's, he's doing things the right way to try and help things in our community. Yeah. Here. And you can say what you want about the on field product and yeah. all that, but I'm, I'm a big fan of coach Garrett, what he does yeah. off the field. Sure. A lot of people, you know, he's got his sayings and his little cliches and things, but I'm a, I'm a big believer in the yeah. consistency, the message and just, you know, what he does with the, he really cares. You yeah. can tell that he cares Absolutely. about these guys. Yeah. Marinelli's another example. He cares about these guys as people and yeah. not just as, as football players. Absolutely. So yep. I'm a big fan. Well, welcome to the show. I haven't had the, the good fortune of meeting you yet. Hey. I'm, I'm Shannon Gross. How are you? Really good. Travis yeah. Mills. Nice to meet nice you. Nice meet you, Travis. Thank how you doing? Travis. Nice Rob, socks, nice, by the way, nice Rob. Thank you, Brian. sir. <laughs> Just kidding. Can't feel it. How are you guys doing today? We're doing great, man. So I saw that you came out and spoke to the team last year after a practice. Yeah, I just randomly was in the building, and I wandered over here. And they just let you walk right out <laughs> oh, after practice. Gosh. When you have norms and legs, they let you just do whatever do you whatever want. Do whatever you want? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm uh, supposed to be, and they're like, okay, go ahead. And like, I just walked out. <laughs> then Mr. You know, Jerry was here, Mr. Jones, uh -huh. and he's uh -huh. like, Oh, hey, how are you doing today? I'm like, really good. I just figured I'd catch practice. He goes, oh, okay. Didn't ask me nothing, you know? Yeah. No, I'm kidding. I was, I was, <laughs> I was a guided tour, but it's really yeah. exciting to be yeah. here. And I was thankful when uh, uh, Coach Garrett reached out um, to ask me to come back and, and um, be a part of part of today. I'm actually only here for like 18 hours. Oh, that's it? Yeah, I flew yeah. in. At, I, I got in at midnight. My plane got a little delayed. Uh -huh. and I'm, I'm back out at 5. I got an event um, back in Maine. I got to speak at to a company uh at eight tomorrow morning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> jeez, quick trip. Keeping you busy. Yeah. So, okay, you talk about though the, the the message that you have. Again, you mm -hmm. talk about you you obviously your physical you know, your handicaps. So you don't look at it that way. You, you're having fun with us right now, oh, and, yeah. we're, and we're looking at it. But but the message that you want to to these young guys as they they're, as they're in a group and you're peering into all their eyes. What are you seeing and what are you trying to convey to those those young men and, 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 and some ladies out there that are listening to you as well? Oh, absolutely. So um, when I do my presentations, I go out there and I tell jokes. The very first thing that sure. they're going to hear from me today is I walk out there and say, well, Jesus, stand in front of you today. I'm a little nervous. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I don't bomb this, you know, because last <laughs> yeah, yeah. time. Yeah. And uh, I set the tone with, like, five opening jokes so sure. people understand, like, look, don't stare at just my injuries and, yeah. and my arms and legs being gone. Like, I'm a regular everyday person. Sure. And then I go through, like, how my wife and where I grew up and, and then uh, leave my daughter and my wife back in Fort Bragg so I can go on sure. my third deployment and hitting a bomb and then rebuilding myself and um, just kind of talk about sometimes life is throwing curveballs you know but uh, you got to keep pushing forward and keep persevering and I talk about perspective you know my jokes and stuff I'm not this isn't a facade I'm just happy to live yeah. in a nation that that honestly takes care of me I have prosthetic legs I have prosthetic hands I, I drive where I want to drive I feed myself I do whatever I want right and um I kind of finished up with the uh, the last two life lessons I like to tell people after I tell them my slogan, which never give up, never quit. I mean, it's on my shoes. New sure. Balance makes my shoes custom for me. But nice shoes, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, got a, you got a mean shoe game right well, now. The problem is when I get into the car, though, my foot will bend and my toes rub. So, like, the toe 
thing. I, I, I got like 10 pairs. I should have put a new pair on. I feel like I'm slumming it right now. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, no, you're, it's okay. Look, you're at yeah, look at me. I'm <laughs> you look great. You well, look thank great. you. I appreciate that. But uh, my two life lessons I'm going to convey to them is, number one, don't dwell on the past. Right. right. You can't change what happened yesterday. And you can't, I, like for me, I can't change what happened seven years ago. Right. I, I used to close my eyes in the hospital bed and say, why this happened? How can I go back in time? Hope, wish, and pray. That it wouldn't. And I just finally, after about two weeks, I was like, it's never going to change. Right. I'm never going to have arms and legs again like I used to have. And um, the sooner I realized that, and I realized I had 25 great years without um, uh, you know, being injured. But I've had seven amazing years after being injured. I mean, I've, I have a wife that was with me when I got injured. With my four-month-old and I left and six-month-old and I got hit and stayed with me. I told her she should leave and she stayed. And then I had my, my uh, parents, my in-laws, and everybody by my side, my family, and my sport team. And, uh, and now my wife and I... Um, we run a big nonprofit called the Travis Mills Foundation. We bring out combat injured veterans and their families. And it started as an idea. And now it's grown to this uh, one of the top 25 uh, veteran, service or, veteran service organizations in America out of 40,000. Congratulations. Wow. Yeah, so, yeah, that's awesome. yeah, I appreciate that. And it's everybody's support. And, and I'm going to talk about that today. It's part of my presentation. And then I, uh, I actually own an insurance company. I'm part owner of an insurance company. My motivational speaking, uh, I do. And that's prim primarily. And I own a lodge in a marina. Like my buddy and I were drinking whiskey. <laughs> one night. And uh, I pulled my boat to get gas at this place, and it's like 46 cabins, cottages, and rooms on a lake. With you know, at the time, there's only like 100 boat slips. And um, yeah, I pulled up, and I was like getting gas, and the owner was like, "Hey, you should buy this." And I was like, "Man, what? Why would I buy this?" He's right. like, "Well, just, you should." And I said, "Okay." He, <laughs> yeah, How much? He, yeah, and then he gave me the, the, the P and L list. You know, I had yeah. signed like I won't tell nobody. He gave me yeah. the P and Ls, and I was like, well, "That's not look bad." My neighbor was a buddy of mine. I just had met him like a couple months before that. I was like, hey, you want to buy a company? He said, yeah, sure. Have you seen Ozark? Uh, I haven't. I haven't. So they're in the money, money laundering business, and he buys the same thing. You know what? That's, I'm in the <laughs> Yeah. I'm in the same business. Yeah. Tell us a yeah. little bit about your, your foundation. Absolutely. So my wife and I decided at Walter Reed we were given such um, love and support that we should give back. And when we decided that we were going to give back, we were going to do care packages. You know, like we were going to send stuff overseas that people wanted, sure. not necessarily what people thought they needed because we had a lot of, like, you know, socks and baby powder and all this stuff that got sent to us, which obviously I'm grateful for, and I yeah. thank them. But I sent, like, peanut butter M&Ms, Orbit oh, gum, <laughs> pepper beef jerky, you know what I'm saying? Like, the stuff that people – gummy you're going, bears. Yeah, you're going yeah. the right direction yeah. with me yeah. right now, yeah. But, um, but then – I went on these trips with the hospital, and I learned how to kayak and canoe. I went downhill mountain biking. They took me up 9,000-foot mountain, Mount Crested Butte. Right. And they, uh, you know, strapped me to this four-wheel bike, and they cinched me to the seat. And they said, don't die. And they put a helmet on my head. I said, what do you mean, don't die? And <laughs> don't they, die. they pushed me down this mountain, you know. <laughs> and I found out that I was able to do all this stuff, and I needed a non-medical assistant, which my wife's considered a non-medical assistant. Because right. I can't put my legs on myself yet, right? right? So, like, I need help with that every day. Um, so my wife got to go on these trips, and a lot of spouses didn't, and the service member did. And I thought, well, geez, it was, you know, I understand the fundings for the service member, and you got to get as many through as possible, but this isn't worth it to right. me without my wife and my daughter. Like, this, right. what's getting better and learning this stuff, being active with your family? So we brought some families up, and uh, it went so well. We did it again the next year, and then we bought an estate, and we put like $2.5 million of renovations into it, and we opened in June of 17. Uh, eight families per week is Elizabeth Arden. She's a cosmetic pioneer. Sure, mm -hmm. sure. Um, she built this place in 1929. We've, we've revamped it. We bought it, revamped it. And now uh, in 89, uh, 89 families came in 17. Uh, last year, 130 families. And this wow. year, over 200 yeah. families. Unreal. And they come from all across the nation. They'd be physically injured. And we tell them, don't live life on the sidelines. Never accept you know, your injuries as your final um, bit of life. Always be an active member in society as well as your family. Mm -hmm. And get out there and do it. So we have like Mike Rowe. You guys know Mike Rowe. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He, uh, he has a show called Return to the Favor, and um, he came and built an obstacle course. So we have a high-rise like obstacle course 
that uh, Mike Rowe built and things like that. But it's, it's just been a lot of fun. Yeah. And um, I'm always positive because I can't change it. And, oh, the second life lesson is I tell the crowd, is I, or the audiences, is you can't control your situation, sure. but you can always control your attitude. Yeah. You know, every day I wake up, no arms and legs, but that's not going to define how I'm going to be. So I wake up, the first thing I do when I'm, when I'm at home, I get in my wheelchair, go to my charging stand, my arm charges, I put my arm on. I go downstairs in my wheelchair uh, in the elevator. It's not, I'm going to be honest, I don't go down the stairs. <laughs> and um, and yeah. after that, yeah, and after that, I'm able to uh, have my coffee with my daughter, Chloe, who's seven. And then my wife comes down, and our son, he's uh, 21 months old. His name's Dax. So D-A-X, because the medics were Daniel and Alexander that saved my life. Oh, wow. Oh, there you yeah. go. That's awesome. Wow. Yep. That's... And my wife says we're done. And I said, as long as I can prove I can still do it, I'm good. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Man, I'm so good looking. You are a <laughs> handsome guy. Yeah. That shirt really brings out your eyes. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if people, do you guys accept donations? You know, oh, absolutely. We okay. do. And um, it's, it's pretty fortunate when I go and speak to like Cintas or um, Lockheed Martin or Boeing, usually they'll do a donation to the foundation mm-hmm. and things like that. And it's... Uh, it's going really well, but um, TravisMillsFoundation.org is that website. My website is TravisMills.org. Um, I'm not as popular as you guys. I started my own podcast. The Travis, oh, yeah, yeah, nice. The Travis Mills podcast, and I bring it on and, and bring inspiring stories about people that have overcome adversity and things mm-hmm. like that and, and have a good time. We drink a little bit of whiskey, to be honest. I'm not sure if that's okay so in what? Texas. Oh, we, uh, yes, we can. You know, yeah, we can definitely we need to be on this podcast. So, uh, we yeah. need to invite up your whiskey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll work. That'll yeah. Work. <laughs> and, you know, we, uh, it's, uh, I, I keep putting plugs for Basil Hayden every time. I'm like, so Basil that, Hayden, no, Gary, that's man, my no favorite. Problem. No problem. But, uh, but no, we, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep pushing forward, and we have some pretty cool things, uh, maybe a motion picture about my story coming mm-hmm. out sure. and things like that, and then um, a TV show possibly. Uh, like think Duck Dynasty, but it's me. Oh, you know? that's not you know. You got a great personality. Yeah. That well, be fine. I feel like people, you know, I, I don't want to just be funny looking, so I always try to tell jokes. <laughs> so I can yeah. too. So you made a joke earlier about just wandering in here. How'd you get hooked up with Coach Garrett and the team and, and all that? So uh, um, from from Jerry Jones's office across the way is Michael Wilson, and he has an office space. And I'm good friends. He's a huge donor of ours. Wonderful guy. Mm-hmm. And he just happens. He went to the we went to the Cowboy Club for for lunch. Phenomenal, by the way. Yeah, yeah it's so good. Yeah. And, uh, Absolutely. You know, and then we he was like, "Hey, I'm going to take you over here." And uh, Sherry Kruger, who also works on the second floor, I think not with maybe with Michael, maybe with Michael. Either way, she knew um, Whitney's counterpart, and they were just like, "Hey, do you guys want to come in?" And we said, "Yeah." So I just kind of I stood right you know in the doorway and. I was kind of staying in the back, and everybody's talking to me. And then before you know it, I'm talking to the team a little bit. Not much, but a little bit, joking around. Uh, I played a joke on Dak Prescott and, <laughs> and Coach Garrett. And then they had me over to the – you had me over there under the goalpost uh, doing a little thing for the team. Hey, guys, da 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 you know. Yeah. But, um, so you did kind of just wander in here. Wait, what, what, what joke <laughs> did you play on them? The, the voice-activated hand joke. Oh, okay. Uh, which you guys okay. haven't seen yet. No. Because oh. I was – Coach Garrett said you got probably five minutes. So what I was going to do with the new guy is have him yell at my hand. Someone's voice activated, but I'm saving that for when I have high school kids later. And I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring him back up, and I'm going to tell him his voice activated. I'm going to say, "Oh yeah, hit this button here, and blue lights pop on, which is really just battery charge." Yeah. And I'm going to say, and I'll say, "Open." You know, and when he says open, I'm saying, well, it's baritone soprano bass, so less feminine, more masculine. <laughs> so I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring Trist, uh, Tristan Hill. I'm going to bring yeah, Tristan oh, back yeah, up. This will be good. This and will say, be you good. guys remember how it works, but I didn't show the other part. And uh, and that way we get a good laugh and, you know, things like that. And then I, I think, I think after I speak, I got about 20, 30, 20 25 minutes at the most. Yeah. If I if I don't do all my jokes, and yeah. then I got to get back to the airport. Yeah. My wife grew up in Frisco, though. Oh, okay. oh wow. Okay. So that's my connection. So I guess okay. I should say my connection here is. Uh, I'm from Michigan. My wife was from Maine, and at 11, she moved down here because my father-in-law, who's with me today, over there in the blue, uh, got a job in Texas. And then 
we met on MySpace because her brother was my medic, and she thought I was sure. cute. I was six foot three, two seventy five, <laughs> and I had some really good supplements I was taking when I was in Afghanistan. Just <laughs> I was like, get at me! I had like twenty two inch biceps. Yeah, I was, I was, yeah. Anyway, so we met on MySpace because she sent a MySpace friend request, and we started talking. I was like, hey, we should hang out. Yeah. And the first time we ever hung out, I flew to Dallas. Um, I came back from Afghanistan, right? On my eighteen day leave, I spent four days in Michigan with my family for Christmas, and then I. Because I was on my 18-day leave, I flew into Dallas. She picked me up. Never met her before. And then we flew out to our trip we planned to Cosmo. And then back, you know, I, then she didn't chop me up and throw me in the ocean. Great. <laughs> back to Michigan we went for uh, a week where I'm from. And then she went back overseas. And, or I went back overseas. She went back home. And I came back. And then we got married. Wow. And, and this is our, yeah, so we got married actually at the courthouse in North Carolina. A lot of people don't know that because in my book, I have a book out and stuff. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, it's called Tough as a Come. Uh, fortunate New York Times bestseller. I only had to buy a 1,000 copies. I can't give them away. <laughs> But no, so that's what might get made to most picture. But um, uh, yeah, so we've been married uh, 11 years. Uh, this the 21st of this month. Man, so. that's awesome. Congrats. Yeah. Today, yeah. I'm going to ask you maybe a serious question here, though. No, go for it. The the today's the 75th anniversary of Normandy, the yep. landing at Normandy, yep. and all you were brothers throughout, and the, the the bravery that you guys shown. Can you talk about though a little bit though that the, the you know, and you don't want I know you don't want to talk about yourself when you do this, but the courage though. It, it, it's not for everybody serving. I mean, it's not. I mean, you well, you guys are wired different, and, and, and in yeah. a good way. And 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 just the attitude you have towards our country, the freedoms we have yeah. in our country. But if you could just talk about what your thoughts about again today being a special anniversary with absolutely. Them. So have you seen Band of Brothers? Yes. yes. So yeah. Band of Brothers was a huge motivator for me my whole life, um, as well as Saving Private Ryan. Those are my favorite kind of movies. Right. And um, you watch those guys, you're like, man, I want to do that. So I went to the recruiting station thinking like, well, it'll be an electrician or something that will give me something when I get out. And they showed yeah. me airborne infantry, and I was like, that, that's the that's one. It? Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Let me jump out of a plane. <laughs> uh, and I, I didn't know this fact until I met with uh, I met Dakota Meyer, who's a Medal of Honor recipient. Um, he lives in Austin, actually. He's on Teen Mob, but don't tell him I said it because he gets so mad. <laughs> um, no one listens to the show anyway. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, just like millions of whatever. Yeah. So um, anyway, but he told me, and, and I think it's a true fact, 85% of the military – is um, basically who supports the 15% of the, the, the fighting for the infantry. And I didn't realize that logistic-wise. Sure. But think about it. There's 53 players on a run. I mean, right now there's right, more. Right. And not to break their hearts, but there's 53 on no, the yeah, roster. You're, you're, yeah. But look at this organization who all support right. these right. 53 players. Right. And I, I would say that the coaches and stuff would be supporting the players too. But, you know, so, so yeah, but er, you, there's different ways to serve, you know. Um, there's people that don't go in the service, but they give back, and they, and they do great things. Like right now, everybody's volunteering to be here. That's giving back. That's that's a, a type of service. There's the right. police officers and the firefighters, the EMT, and the, and the teachers and the nurses. You know, everybody has a way of giving back. Um, but, yeah, I mean, to run into a hail of bullets is, is a little yeah. different, but it's yeah. so exciting. Oh. <laughs> Look, I, every day I had in Afghanistan, like for my third deployment, firefights all the time. I was the first in a firefight, last out. I never showed fear. Uh, when I got blown up, uh, I, I, in my head, I just kept saving, saving Private Ryan when mm-hmm. the medic gets shot in the stomach, and right. he bleeds out, and he's crying for his mom. And he's like, I don't want to die. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he starts yelling, Mom. And I'm like, my men will never see me do that. So when I got hit, I kept seeing that scene. So I was actually like, it's fine, whatever. Told the medics, you're not going to save me. Go save my guys. They worked on me anyway. Uh, and when, when they were working on me, one, one, one medic, I told him, hey, you, whatever happens is fine. Like, he was kind of like, he was doing his job. He was kind of freaking out by saying, like, you're going to be fine, you're going to be okay. And he kept repeating it. It was, like, on, on auto-repeat because that's what they're trying to right. do. But he was like, you know, you're and I was like, Doc, just do your job. Right. It's fine. Whatever happens, happens. And I was never going to show, like, I wasn't crying out pain. Um, and I have a documentary that, that 
actually had the medics with him, uh, with me and the guys, and they were like saying like on the helicopter, one guy was screaming out in pain. He had every right. He lost his, yeah. lost his right testicle. But uh, you know, he was screaming out pain, and I was yelling at the flight medic, take your helmet off, give my guys water. And I'm winking. I gave one guy a wink, said, you're going to be fine. You're going to yeah. be okay. And they were just like, I can't believe. like. Yeah. But in my head, That's I was amazing. just, I was just like, I'm not going to show fear. You know, I'm not yeah. going to. Yeah. But their last thought, because I thought I was going to die. And I like to be weird about it. I just seen a lot of guys, unfortunately, die for a lot less. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, but I didn't. And none of them can say I showed any fear, which is nice. Like, yeah. I wasn't like, oh, I don't want to. I was just like, whatever. It is what it is. Man. Let's get it. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. One last question before we <laughs> let you go. Um, switch gears a little bit. Yeah. Who's your football team? So uh, 100% honesty, right? I yeah. got I got, I got got four. Okay. I got four that I root for, and here's why. So I'm a Lions fan because I'm from Michigan. Okay. There you go. And if you ever watch Jeopardy, you'll notice the only team that's ever been to a Super Bowl or yeah. complete from one. Is, yep. Yeah, that was Lions. It was yeah. a Jeopardy question. Yeah, yeah. After them, it was a toss-up between, and you guys are going to get mad at me, the Cowboys because they're always on TV. Sure. Uh-huh. And the Packers. Yeah. Because the Packers were the close one, right? Yeah, right. Yep. Lions here at Packers, and I love Brett Favre. Right. right. But then – and I'm not just saying to kiss up to you guys. I can always count on the Lions and the Cowboys to play on Thanksgiving. Right. You guys uh, at this organization here and you guys, because I'm not, you know, I live here, but always are on primetime slots. Yeah. Right. And you want to watch the teams that are on TV, right? right? Like, I live in Maine now, so the Patriots are on TV all the time. Right. right. They're fun to watch. They're a winning team. But I'll tell you right now, you guys, I didn't know you guys had Cobb as well. You got, yeah. You got Cobb. Yeah. You got Cooper, Wittens. Oh, I think your offense yeah. is just going <laughs> to yeah. blow. I mean, like me in 2012, it's going to blow up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Saw what you did there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You just made Rob really uncomfortable. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, yeah, I know, I know. I, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I hope you guys could catch that because I can't. I have no hands. Yeah, well, but, you know, either way, no. And in, in, um, in, uh, you know, so it's it's the Lions. Uh, I love watching the the co- like Emmett Smith and Troy Aikman days, but sure. then. Yeah, a little rough patch there with with what you're going on. Sure, yeah. but uh, but now I think you know Dak. I, I just I, what yeah. I told him last year, which it doesn't help this year. I said, throw to Cole across the middle. Yeah. Watch what Tom Brady does. Just throw it to Cole Beasley hey. on third down every time, and he did. So yeah. he listened to me. I'm gonna give him a little more coaching, probably you know for yeah. it. No, yeah. nothing wrong with get that. In, get in his ear today. Yeah. yeah. No, I already. Know. I walked up and said, "Hey, kitten cat, how you been?" <laughs> said, who, the, who would say that to me? And I'm like, "What's up, buddy?" He goes, "Hey, what's going on?" <laughs> Well, awesome, man. Well, thank you for sitting with us for a few minutes, man. This is this is really great. Appreciate Absolutely, it. I appreciate thank, you. thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. I'm excited for the season. Uh, I, I, I apologize, I didn't know about Cobb. I mean, right now yeah. I'm stuck in like the playoff season yeah. for the the, um, the NBA and the NHL, but but we're getting right to the football. And again, TravisMills.org for all your Travis Mills needs. <laughs> there you there go. go. Thanks, you guys. You're all winners. Pull uh, <laughs> them up. Yeah. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks for joining us, man. We're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we have no idea what's going to happen, but uh, hopefully we'll still be in these chairs. While a player could look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com football. Do you want the most interesting, up-to-the-minute Dallas Cowboys news straight from the star in Frisco? How about exclusive and on command? That's right, news and nuggets you can't find anywhere else. With our exclusive Cowboys content on Alexa, you can have all the answers, secrets, stories, and more. What's Stephen Jones thinking during a game? What's Joe Looney's favorite pregame meal? We take your questions to Cowboys players and coaches, and you can hear the answers directly back to you. Just say, Alexa, open Dallas Cowboys. 
Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping. The excitement of Dallas Cowboys football is back at AT&T Stadium. The place is going crazy in Arlington, Texas. Don't miss your chance to see the Cowboys live when they host their NFC East rivals, the Eagles, Giants, and Redskins, plus the Green Bay Packers and more. Elliott works his way through and walks the dog. Single game tickets are on sale now. Get them before they're gone. First and goal, quarterback sneak. Prescott pushes up the middle. Touchdown. Visit DallasCowboys.com to get your tickets to the following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? This is Hangin' with the Talking Cowboys break. Now that's a mouthful. Streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. We are back. We got Dave back in the uh, co-pilot seat over there on the end. Hi, I'm back. How's it going, Dave? It's going real, real good. Did you go take a, a break? Did you walk it off? No, I was watching the games. Yeah. yeah. This is the championship game now. This is the championship game. Us, right? It looks like uh, the green team and the gray team. Who are the coaches? Who we got left? I see uh, Dak out there. I Dak. see Byron Jones, Travis Frederick, Jameis Olawali, Zach Martin. That's All these teams have like eight coaches because – you know, they want the whole Garrett team they to be drafted the staff. I forgot yeah, about they that. They make their own picks. Yeah. There's some competitiveness there with that, too. Always, yeah. yeah. So I bet Dak's a team leader, and maybe Zach and Travis are together somewhere. Oh, Zeke Elliott just yeah. walked past oh, hey. that. Hey, Zeke. Yeah. How are you? Doesn't look like Zeke's coaching in the championship game. No, hopefully we can get some of these guys on. Uh, somebody will pull some of these guys over Seriously, here to talk to them. So. Way rather talk to them than me, I'm sure. Yeah, that was no. A, uh, Coach Garrett was good today. I like Coach. Yeah, I like he, what he had to say, man. Yeah, the the, the whole thing, and, and I like the question. He he has the if you look at what he and Will McClay, Stephen Jones, Jerry Jones, what they've all done is it has been really the right kind of guy, you know. And and that's uh, you know, it's not to say they haven't had their bits of off the field stuff, you know, that have happened that they're having to deal with, but overall though, that you have to like what you've seen with the locker room, the depth, mm-hmm. and and again, the depth will be tested. Uh, it always is. We, little at this time did we know that going into training camp that there would we'd learn about some disease that you know yeah that we never had heard of before. Right. So you never know what's going to happen. You always have to be. They look like they protected themselves with their roster. But yeah, that's really what do. that's kind of what Travis just spoke to us about. That's right. the whole, that's curveball. Things that fly at you. You got to be nimble. You got to be able to adjust in any walk of life. And I think that's that's a message that Garrett tries to preach too from a football perspective. Yeah. So. Um, and, and to your point, the influences Jason had growing up with his dad. Right. Here's an example. Miles Austin was a guy oh, yeah. that was honing his skills in the Garrett front yard, wasn't right. he, growing yeah. up? And so, I mean, that carries over to the Cowboys. It all kind of ties back into what the message he's trying to show if today. If you've never seen the deep blue on, on Jim Garrett, go check it out. I believe it's on our YouTube channel it was great. our website. Yeah. And, and it, it, feature, it shows – he just took anybody that would come and want to learn football right. and just get them to run routes in the backyard. And, you know, that's that's up in, the the, up in Jersey, in yeah, the Jersey area, the epitome yeah. of a football family. You know, yeah. it, and Jim Garrett was an outstanding scout. And one of the one of the one of the great 
And I wish we could show a video of this, one of the great passionate speeches ever made for a player. We talk was about made, this all the time. Yeah, it was made by Jim Garrett about Randy Moss. And you had guys that were absolutely against Randy Moss, Chan Gailey, Dwayne Painter, the coaches. And you have Jerry Jones in the draft room with his glasses on the end of his nose. And Jim Garrett is in his last line. And I'll see if I can do this imitation. Men, this is not the Boy Scouts. This is the NFL. We need to treat it that way. And and Jerry, that got Jerry's attention. But then Chan Gailey and them, this was kind of in that era where the Cowboys were struggling with their off-the-field stuff, and, and Jerry went the other direction. But the scouts, Jim Garrett, made a very passionate speech for Randy uh, for Randy Moss. And I wish the fans could see uh, that, uh, that video. Yeah, if you ever take a tour of the star, uh, right there outside the war room, they have the old scouting books. The that are open. Ah, yeah. yes. And yeah. Jim Garrett has his scouting report on Troy Aikman. Oh, yeah. and has, I mean, it's all handwritten, and it's yeah. a sheet full of, of things, and it's yep. it's really cool. So if you ever take a tour out here, make sure you, you Stop check by out the scouting office. Yeah. You might run into Will McClay out there. Maybe, out. maybe. So what are you guys – what are you guys hearing? What are you guys hearing about this team with OTAs? What's you know what I want to know about? I hadn't got to watch any OTAs. What's up with the running backs? What about what are the how are these new guys looking? Looking pretty well, good. There's there's two of them. Yep. Um, that's so hard. Running backs and linebackers specifically. Like I don't even like to evaluate without them pads OTAs. on. Yeah, they're yeah. not doing. They're not hitting. Mm -hmm. um, Tony Pollard looks as fast as advertised. Mm -hmm. I do know that. Uh, you can see that in shorts and shirts, yep. but. Uh, it's you know Gary Brown even touched on that yesterday. He was like, "Yeah, Pollard looks fast. Uh, you know, I think he gets a bad rep for you know. I think he can be more of a true running back than he got a chance to showcase at Memphis." And he said something funny about Mike Weber. He's like, "He'll have his opportunity when the pads come on because that's his game. Uh, you know, he's not going to look as flashy running through arm tackles as as Tony Pollard might. So it, it's tough to do that at OTAs, but training camp is not that far away. Talking about Weber, we had our internal media days the last three days where, where all the guys come by in different stations and we get that dude is built. Yeah. yeah. I mean he He's, is thick. He yeah. is, but Tony to Dave's point Tony Pollard is known as the gadget guy, mm -hmm. right? But if you stand next to yeah, him, far he, from it. He's a bigger back than yeah. Mike Weber. Is he really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's more yeah. of the traditional back at right. Ohio State. I, the first rookie minicamp day, he was standing basically at Zeke's locker, and I remember thinking, okay, he's he's a lot Weber. He's a lot smaller than Zeke. Pollard is a well-built guy, and I think that's to Coach Brown's point that he can be a between the tackles guy if you need him to be. And they're not they're not hitting right now. They're not tackling, but that burst through the hole. Mm -hmm. He's a dude to watch going forward. And you know what? We, we kind of forget a little bit about Darius Jackson. Who's, yeah, and running he's, second And team. he's been running second team yeah. all the practices. And Darius Jackson is now two years removed from his knee injury that he had. He looks like a different guy out there running. So He told me uh, earlier, this, or maybe it was last week, he told me this is as good as he's felt since he hurt his knee in Cleveland, which was, you know, two, three years ago at this point. Right. So I think, you know, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to give or take away anybody's job, but I mean Darius Jackson, when he came out, he was a higher draft pick than Mike Weber. I know Mike Mike Weber's the rookie, so he gets more of the attention, but it's a battle at training camp. Like I don't you know, I wouldn't want to write anybody off in that. They go long at that position? I don't think so because well, they're going to carry a fullback. You're going to have to go short somewhere, though. Are you going short quarterback? quarterback? Yeah. Are you going short? I mean, you're, are you keeping four tight ends? I mean, I, that, these I, are things they're going to have to work how through. How deep are you going at offensive line? 
How many of those so I'm always gonna, I'm always going to carry this 10. Is, this is where the depth comes in. So, because it's yeah. like, all right, where do you want to go long? And by the end like, of preseason, I hate to say this, but injuries will shake things out. Yeah. You'll, you'll be maybe depleted at certain spots, but we'll see. Running back's interesting, though, because I keep going back to it. Four. We can, we can, we can talk about spell. With a fullback? Four, four total. Sorry. Three running backs and a fullback. Sorry, Rob. We can talk about Zeke Elliott being spelled this year and Kellen Moore introducing some new concepts. The core philosophy is still Zeke and pounding that rock, and he's going to be on the field a lot. Yeah. But they, they do feel like they've improved the depth there, though. You brought up Kellen Moore. You know, we've heard all the players say the right things, you know, front-facing the media. What are you guys – you guys hearing anything? Is, is Dak liking this this situation? Oh. What, are you, what are you guys hearing kind of behind the scenes? He's been calling Kellen Moore literally a genius since he met him. Dak, so. Dak loves this more than anybody. Yeah. Dak's been loving Kellen Moore since he was his – mentor you know a lot of people want to give tony romo that credit back in 2016 dak has been saying for years it was kellen moore and mark sanchez that did the most for him yeah and so that guy gets promoted into you know the head job and you know he knows what dak likes dak maybe feels a little bit more familiar with him i'm sure that's a quarterback's dream like i mean you know it doesn't mean it's going to work out i'm very interested to see what it looks like when we finally get to you know put the pads on but I think Dak loves this move more than than most, probably. Yeah. I think he's really happy too to work with John Kitna, and yeah. I think John Kitna is a very much an attention to detail I'm getting, guy. I'm getting it, kicked off for a Hall of Famer. Okay. You want to take my spot? Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah sure, whatever. Over. That's fine. All right, we got a Nick Eatman about to join the show over here. Just kidding. No, no. Some, hey, someone that's got hey. a little more airtime than Nick Eatman. What's up, Wit? What's up, Wit? How you How doing? How are you? Man? Well, we'd like to welcome He's to the show somebody that's been around probably as long or longer than most of us on this set. I was on the staff that brought him here. Were you really? Wow. Absolutely. Nice J- humble Jason Witt, no, what's no, up, yeah, man? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Broadus is going to be like, everybody took credit for it. You know, they're like, hey, yeah, I was a big part of the reason. And I'm like, I didn't go to the third round. So if all these guys really no, love no, no. like that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Why was no, no. first round you're, pick you're, or second round no, pick? No, no, no. It's Bill's, Bill wanted Al Johnson. That's right. And, and your tag was sitting on the top of that. We got to the third round. And, and Jerry looked at Bill and said, we've got to take him now, don't we? And uh, Bill goes, yes, we'll take him now. And, and I'm like, hallelujah. There goes our first. He was the last tag we had in that draft on the, on the first round that was sitting on that board in the first round. Grade of 119. Oh, so you were in the first round. What was draft day like for you? Was it just hectic? Was it stressful? You were a young like, man, weren't no, you? Yeah, I was 20. You yeah. know, I mean, but uh, I mean, I think all guys, you know, I mean, we all probably think we're going to go higher than what you do. But I mean. Shoot, I just looked at it as like, is this a dream come true? And, uh, you know, obviously getting drafted, Dallas, legendary, Coach Parcells. Right. I knew it was a great opportunity for me, so. He had a great vision for you as a player. He did. He really did. He knew, you know, he'd been with Mark Bavaro and Howard Cross and some guys. And with, with Jason, when he evaluated him, Bill, Bill had some crazy evaluations. He didn't have a crazy evaluation about this guy. He, 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 he had an understanding of what he could do. I think that's why you always talk about how hard he was on oh, you yeah. initially, you know, the whole the video about you running the scout team and yeah, the reps yeah. and stuff like that. But he had a great vision for a player. Let me ask you a question about this, though. You, you are really big on influencing. You are big on hands-on coaching. You yeah. love coaching. I mean, yeah, you love awesome. coaching. Man, we've seen, like, Dave, Dave said we missed you last year. When this whole thing with your intensity oh, of the yeah. way you coach and, you know, I remember like your kids at camp, you know, you know, put our hands in and the kid, your, your son goes integrity, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, and I'm yeah. thinking like, okay, so, but you, you, you influence not only your own kids, 
but you influence kids out here as yeah, well. Yeah, I think Cowboys U is a great day. You know, I mean, I think Coach Garrett nailed it. The organization nailed it when you decide, like, hey, we're going to have this camaraderie day. Right. I, I think you really, you know, this is what it's about, right? Bring kids in here. Uh, have your players coach, right. be a, you know, intermixing with each other. And so it's a lot of fun. We didn't make the championship this year. You know, we didn't have the best roster and we didn't have the best coaching. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's a combination of two. You know? Who's your assistant? Um, well, Demarcus Lawrence was my defense coordinator okay. slash. I think he was actually head coach and I was like his OC. But right. you know what? We stayed together. We didn't win many games, but we fought. Which that raises a great point. You know, people have been speculating for years that, that you have a future in coaching. You get a chance to come out here with kids and you know, you've been one of the best players in the league for so long. What is it like coaching and, you know, dealing with other people's shortcomings and trying to instill yeah. that, you know, and then especially, you know, you don't get the results you want. I mean, that's yeah. got to be a different feeling for you as a player. Well, I don't have a ton of patience, so that's, <laughs> that's testing me. But I didn't need to go into coaching to find that out, you know. But, I mean, you know, you, you take a lot of things for granted, you know, and that's what I think as a player, being a kind of a coach on the field, it's like how do you communicate because guys don't see it the way you always see it, you right. know, and so it's a challenge of, Ultimately, you're looking for them to have success. And so I, I just think it's it's if you can't play at that level, the next best thing is coaching it, you know, and uh, that's it was, it was awesome to be a part of it and just kind of be around these kids. And I mean, man, if I was 16 years old and I got to be a part of this right uh, at this facility, oh, yeah. it's an unbelievable experience. Yeah, I've been wanting to ask you since you've been back in the building, you act like you are really, really, really enjoying this, yeah. man. You're I mean. You just you light up when you walk in the lunchroom yeah. and you're talking to everybody. I mean, is this how is this different coming back? And are you looking at it in a different way, or you just seem to really be super energized? Yeah. Well, I think I mean, the, there's like a lot of parts to that answer. I think first off, I mean, you know, this isn't going to last forever for me. Mm -hmm. And so when you come back, a big part of that is you know, you do want to enjoy every moment of it. You know, um, I think before I retired. You know, the, there's a part of that, that that probably affected me there towards the end of you're fighting off some things that you feel like, whether it's a narrative or whether anything, it's like every day you're having to deal with that, you know, of like, all right, when's the next, who's going to replace him? Okay, how long is he going to go? How can you still do this? Can he not do it as well as he used to do? You know, all those things. Mm -hmm. And you, I always prided myself on, like, not allowing those things affect me. And I'm not talking about, like, whether it was negative or positive. I'm just saying just how you go about it. Yeah. And so coming back, I really realized, A, how much I missed it, how much I enjoyed it. And I, I kind of am motivated by this challenge of coming back. And it's more than just how many plays can you play, how many catches can you make. It's, it's like this collective effort of I'm enjoying being a mentor, I'm enjoying playing, I'm in the challenge of that, working out. So... Uh, it's all about relationships, you know, yeah. and uh, I'm in a good spot right now and, you know, see what happens here. And, and ultimately, it's about winning, you yeah. know what I mean? So it's like everybody asks all those things. It's like for me, it's like, well, it works itself out because I just want us to win. Mm -hmm. So where does that result in? How does that right. look like it'll work itself out? Yeah. How are things been, you know, now coming back, though, and with Kellen Moore? You, you, you'd worked, you know, yeah. with Scott. And when I watch you guys, it seems like a lot of things that really good for you, the, the tight formation yeah. stuff, you yeah. with the the two-by-two two kind of stuff where you can you can run routes from the inside of that. But how has that been the transition from, say, Scott Linehan, who you're with now, to Kellen Moore being yeah. SAOC? Well, I think you got to go back, right? I mean, so like 2011, 2012, maybe 13 there, this system, 
your, your line wasn't as strong. Right. Right. And so your passing game and what you you know, Jason Garrett's always wanted to run the football. I mean, right. That's always what he's been trying to do. Games get behind. You're not your line wasn't as strong there for a couple of years. So I think when Scott came in in 14, I mean, in, in three of those five years, you had a leading rusher, I believe. Right. Maybe did Zeke lead the league in rushing last year in yards? I believe he did. He ended up that he way. He was close yeah. if yeah. he didn't lead right. it. Yeah. So, so 14, 16, 18, two different backs leading rushing, right? So it's like, yeah, that's what you want to do. But then it's like, okay, well, if you're not scoring points and, all right, we want to see more. We want to see these different mm-hmm. things. And I, and I think just it's a hard to manage all that, right? Because I mean, right. we've also seen Scott have top five passing Absolutely, attacks, yeah. uh throughout his career. So I think Kellens has a good understanding of we want to run the football, but we're going to do a lot of different ways. The shifts, the motions, the alignments, moving guys around, formations, right. dress it up a lot of different ways and still have an uh, attacking mindset even though we want to kind of our identities through our run game. So mm-hmm. I think Kellens done a good job of that. He's natural. You know, he's natural in front of the room. Uh, he's a good communicator. He keeps it simple. Um, and the way he communicates it. And so I, I thought we're off to a good start through, you know, nine practices. Do you think when going when on the outside watch this, do you think you not being in the lineup was problem for the red zone? I don't know. You know, I mean, I mean you're I, such I, a great I, red zone player. Yeah, I think 18 just, yards in. I think it's just, uh, you know, I, I, I've studied our red zone, continue to study our red zone. And I, I think, you know, when you want to be efficient there and how you're passing attack, a lot of that is just guys understanding coverages and being there right, in the right, right spot, right. you know? So obviously a big body helps in that area. Oh, yeah. um, and, and so I, I think a lot of the things that we're trying to do now will make us a better red zone team yeah. uh, this year. I know we got to go, but yes. that just raised, I, I'm fascinated by this question. I'm curious, did your, how did your time as a broadcaster change the way maybe you think about that? Just in the sense of, you know, when you're here, it's like, well, we didn't do this last year. We got to yeah. do this. You're, I mean, it's so Cowboys-centric. And then you spend a year going to every facility, seeing how they do it, what they want to do. I mean, you had to cover an ugly yeah. Cowboys loss against yeah. the Titans. How did that – did that change the way you view things at all, that you got to see how 32 other teams do Absolutely it? Absolutely did. You know, I, I think I uh, – the one – one of the things that I liked about that experience was I grew as a football player, as a fan, as a, as a student of the game because – the ability to unemotionally go in and evaluate, very few can do. I mean, you know, people will tell you as a scout, as a coach, as a player, when you evaluate yourself, you're, you're looking at what you think you know or want to see. And to be able to go in and unemotionally evaluate it and see it and study it and like, hey, that's good. Oh, yeah. More teams should do this right, scheme. Right, right. Or, you know, this, this type of package. Um, and then you see it carry over throughout the season. I had Chicago Bears in week two. I'm fascinated by Matt Nagy and what he's doing yeah, out there. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And, and then to see that success come back in January, and you're seeing that team playing in the playoffs, it's uh, it's it's my perspective changed. And I think kind of seeing the big picture of it instead of just hey, here's the end, I'm blocking. This is the coverage I'm looking at with the Giants. It, it really kind of peeled back a lot of things that notes that I have now. I think it's gonna make me a better player. Yeah. Well, appreciate you stopping yeah, by. That with, was man. awesome, man. What's, the name, so of, what's the name of this show right now? Oh my it, God. Well, the we got them on the left. Hanging with Hanging the, with talk, the, the talking, talking Cowboys break. Yeah. We like got it. a combination of a bunch of shows. It's, we're like a that club sandwich that Parcells used to talk about. Yeah, yeah. It's stacked in there. Just, yeah. I like it. We were just like we drew the short straws, and they were like, yeah. "You guys have to go do this." So you guys are studs. Let me get back on with you some other time. Absolutely, anytime. Awesome. Open invitation. All right. Appreciate you stopping right. by, Whit. Thanks, All right. Whit. All right. Well, you want, y'all want to take another break? Why not? Yep. Yeah. Let's take Let's a break it. and uh, drink some water, and, and uh, <laughs> we'll be back here in a few minutes on Hanging with the Talking Cowboys break. <laughs>
Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus! A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store and learn how to buy one smartphone and get a second one on us. Based on GWS1 score September 2018. It's time for tailgate with the Otterbox boys. Otterbox? The makers of those crazy protective phone cases? The one and only. They're also wild about protecting parking lot parties from sad drinks. It's why they made Elevation Tumblers. Rumor around the crockpot is they're made from stainless steel with a copper lining to keep temps hot or cold. True. They even come in seven different sizes, up to 64 ounce, the growler. Mm. I like how Otterbox drinks. I mean, thanks. And that's been tailgating with the Otterbox boys. Check out all the colors and sizes of their elevation tumblers at otterbox.com. Okay. We are back live Ford Center at the Star in Frisco. Got a couple of new guests here on the podcast. Nick Eatman, which... Hi. Yeah. Hi, Nick. How's the leg? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. It's there. Yep. Broadus is still here. With I'm me. hanging. And uh, we'd love to welcome to the show George Teague. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, been limping around. I don't know if you guys knew I tore my Achilles and oh. Oh, no. had surgery in January. Man, so you never got nice. hurt. You well, never, you never got. Now you an old man, you get hurt. <laughs> well, you know, I was still, I was dunking on somebody. And uh, did you? Is that how you got hurt? Yeah, playing basketball. <laughs> we drafted George. We drafted George in Green Bay. Yeah. Oh, did you? Yeah, really? It was one of our, it was one of our guys. While we, you were there? Oh yeah. yeah. He stole yeah. the ball in that championship game, uh-huh. and, that, and as soon as he did that, Ron Wolf said, that's, "We got to draft that guy in the first round." That's my favorite play that never counted, ever. Right? I, I think it was offside. Not on the books. But yeah. It was one of the greatest plays you've ever seen. Yeah. Because Lamar Thomas was supposed to be the fastest guy ever, and he might have been, but. Mm-hmm. George not only fetched him, but stole the ball, pushed him down, yeah. showed it to the world, yeah. and it was offside. But it didn't matter. <laughs> that, helped, that helped me get drafted. That's so, what I'm saying. Yes, At Green so Bay, we were all just drooling. Like, you know, he, uh, number 13 made a lot of plays at Alabama. Yeah, he sure, sure did. But what are you doing these days? What's what's going on with you? I am the athletic director and head football coach at John Paul II High School in Plano. Oh, and, nice. Uh, yeah, after I retired from the Cowboys, I went straight into high school coaching in 2003 and been coaching ever since. Yeah. So. Yeah. Is this your first trip to uh, Cowboys U, or have you been out here before? No, this is about the seventh or eighth. Uh, oh, really? From the beginning. It's Shannon's first year. Yeah, Shannon's so first year. Honestly. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. But have you got some yeah. kids playing? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I uh, brought um, nine guys out. Okay. Uh, this time, so. so what George is doing is he's getting a little seven-on-seven seven work here early, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then he's going to take these kids back to his nice facility over, right. over town. He's going to work them out Get again, and he's going to have a seven-on-seven seven again tonight. <laughs> Don't tell everybody what's going on. <laughs> oh, I know it. this man. <laughs> got to coach some Coach Stallings in him. You know, he's got to got to be prepped, prepared, ready to go. Yeah. What do you think about Broadus' outfit today? He dressed Wait, up for us. Uh, Dax, this is Dax's charity thing. But, uh, the, you know, again, this is one of the few Alabama men that I will sit next is to. It? Yeah. Well, Dave, Dave jumped right off yeah, the set you when know, he sat yeah, down yeah. with the Alabama He is, on, He's so. one of the best Alabama men yeah. I've ever been Well, around. I guess it wouldn't be right if I didn't at least say uh, roll tide there. No, uh, you need I it. it. You know, George, you, you were at one time in your life, you were one of my favorites. And I don't know about that right now. Well, you know, I – I got asked this morning, true story, someone sent me a text and said, who was the player that knocked off T.O. on the yeah. star? And I, I told George Teague, that was this morning. It didn't happen all the time, but how often do people bring it up to you? Uh, very often. 
see it on Twitter a lot. Um, any, anybody that it, you know that recognizes who I am, sure, always, uh, bring it up. But every now and again, people uh, will argue with me and say it wasn't me and it was Roy Williams. No, 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 no. it was you. It was you. I'm, I'm sure you've told yeah. this story hundreds of times. But what was your mindset when you did when at that moment? What what caused you to do that? Uh, so there's a the, the bad piece would be the frustration and the anger because yeah. we were getting our, yeah. our tails handed to Absolutely. us um, yeah. a little bit. Um, but you know when you're intense and full of competitive nature, there's just certain things that that can't happen. Right. Uh, during the game and on the field. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a good way to say it. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're very, you're very <laughs> nice. Very yeah, 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 we got, we got it right yeah, here on the end. Wow. Yeah, this is this. And if I was in the locker room with Woody, what? Woody got yeah, so kicked. Already got kicked. Woody out. had already got kicked out, and Woody and I were standing in the locker room watching the game. And this happened, and George got tossed, <laughs> and then Woody, Woody came when George came in. Woody goes. What happened to you? And he goes, ah, you know, I ran him. I ran down T.O. And 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 and, and he goes, well, it's about damn time that somebody did something. <laughs> uh, right. So George, George, both safeties that game got knocked out. You know, and I, I remember being in the locker room. George just took off his equipment, that side, that smile. You know, just took a shower and like, you know what? Hey, did what I had to do. But that's how he always played. He did what he had to do. Well, people forget yeah. though, the next year in 2001, the Cowboys won that game, and you got a little bit of revenge. You, I don't know. If, that seems like re revenge enough, but you actually got another couple shots. Well, somehow it's very weird because the Stars had the line, but we were down here on the goal line. I think it might have been a fourth and one play or third and one anyway. They were ready to go in and score. And, of course, at that moment I had to cover Terrell Owens again, one-on-one yeah. -on -one yeah. in the end zone. So I already knew where the ball was going to go to. It's just like it just kind of yeah. matched up. but. I, I did win that battle that time. <laughs> have y'all ever talked again? Y'all have any relationship at all? Man, I, once uh, T.O. got here, uh, and this is, you know, I respect him. He's a great football player and that kind of stuff. But I did try to, especially when he came to us, I tried to reach out and uh, have some conversation with him on the sideline uh, yeah. many other times, but he wouldn't speak to me. He wouldn't speak to you? No, sir. Hmm. Wow. What do you think about uh, – about the team this year, and, and what, what are your expectations as far as? I am do? really, really excited. Yeah. Um, I think the offseason moves have been great, bolstering up that offense a little bit more, getting some more weapons for Dak. Sure. Uh, I was specifically concerned about what we were going to do with defensive line when, you know, we weren't getting done what we needed to get done there. Right. But um, pulling those new guys in, know they're hungry. Yep. Uh, ready to go. We're already stacked at, you know, linebacker and that kind of stuff. So yeah. I, I think it's going to be a, a very, very good year for us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, George, this, when you, 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 you're so involved with your high school stuff and your coaching and stuff like that. But do you, do you have a time? I mean, you mentioned that you kind of are excited about it, but do you get a chance to follow the team like you're, or is it just you're so locked in to changing young men's lives and, and that you kind of, you kind of man, that was a part of my life. But you know what? I you know, you, I just kind of I got to focus on my team. But you still able to look at enough at the at the games like you want to? I do. I'm very fortunate that uh, I came to every Cowboy game last year except for one, okay, you know, which was Thanksgiving. So I at least do get around and uh, around the game and kind of see what's happening and, and what the moves are. But uh, every day, little piece of it. No, I'm yeah. kind of you know into the really busy football yeah. program. Yeah. And then, of course, I got to squeeze my Alabama guys in yeah. there a little bit, too. So it's a it's a balancing act. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. George, again, you know. <laughs>
You know, like he, he can't. He, he's got to talk about it. But, you know, rightfully so. He's right. Yeah. He, he could talk. But so, yeah, that's, you know, you got to let him do it. But now football is a big, big, big part. Big part of his life, though. Yes, it is. Talk yeah. about the fact that these young kids, I mean, I, when, when you were growing up, getting probably getting to go to some, some camps and stuff like this, but the experience, these kids get to come here and play in, a, in an environment like this, and there's Dak coaching them and Zeke and Witten and these guys. I mean, do they even understand what, what they're getting? No, they're spoiled, man. They're spoiled, they're spoiled <laughs> because you said maybe having a chance to go to camps like this never happened. Yeah. Not when I was growing up. Yeah. We, didn't, we didn't do this. We yeah. didn't have these opportunities. On the way you got around named guys was you'd hope that the uh, kids from your high school who were in college came back and you had a chance to work out with them or something. But being around professional athletes and professional coaches, this is like a dream come true. You know, I've told uh, our families at John Paul that I mean, this is something they're going to remember forever. They get one chance to do it. They need to learn everything they can from the football piece, but also from the life skills that, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, that uh, Coach Garrett uh, puts into this program. And it's, it's just it's amazing uh, to see how they are changing the kids' lives. They can have fun, compete. But, man, when they walk off and I ask them, I do ask them, hey, tell me kind of what you learned, not about the football piece, but what else? It's incredible, man. It's really incredible. That's great. Well, we won't keep you too long, man. We just wanted to talk with you a little bit and let Broaddus try to take some jabs at you, but it didn't work. No. I, think you, I think you outboxed him. No, today. yeah. Well, I got one for you. How do I get one of them jackets right there? One of these? You know? uh, online. <laughs> yeah. Just get on the internet and, and Google you plaid jacket. I'm surprised you don't have a red one like yeah. that you wear. Uh, well, you yeah, know, yeah Coach Stallings used to wear those red jackets mm-hmm. on the sidelines there. I'm sure you got one. Yeah. Well, you get that, you get that, I know you got that red jacket, red body with the white sleeves with a big <laughs> A on it. <laughs> I know you got one of those. I'm going to give you my hat. I'm not taking that hat. I love I love you. I really do, man. But I tell you what, you can push on right now. All right. Well, thank you. Bro. All right. Thanks for having me. Thanks for stopping by, George. We appreciate it. Yes, sir. All right. Yes, sir. So this is kind of a cool thing that's going on right now. They got the championship game going on in the background. I see uh, Dak and Jalen coaching the the white team. Who's coaching the the other team? Uh, I don't even know. Can't even tell. We need a scouting report from out there. Byron Jones. We got a nice overview here. If you're if you're if you're you're watching, I'm doing terrible radio right now because if you're not if you're listening, you're not seeing the right. But go back and check it out. And uh, And then there are the other teams that they just showed on the monitor that uh, all the other teams that didn't make the championship game are sitting up in the stands cheering these guys on. Yeah, I heard I heard about four guys from the blue team say they got cheated. Oh yeah? yeah. Uh, it yeah. sounds like our it sounds like our flag football games oh, my that we play out here. <laughs> oh, Somebody always getting cheated out here, you know, in our deals. <laughs> if you you know about Nick's injury, huh? No, no, I saw him happen. Yeah. And he and he played through it though. What's the diagnosis, yeah, he, Nick? Yeah. Torn torn calf? Yeah. I don't know. They're moving me over here. Yeah. All right. Just step I'll on over, over yeah. here. I'll Be careful. Hold. Don't don't blow your other cap. Yeah, I'll hold. I'll hold this for right now. So how's yeah. the, how's the leg doing? Oh, it's fine. It's a sprained <laughs> sprained uh, calf with a, a minor tear. Sorry. I wish We're I could good. see there. We, I was going to do a play-by-play for you right there. We need Brad Sham here to kind of give us a little uh, yeah. overview there. Yeah. But we, we got everybody else's take earlier about uh, going into training camp. Yeah. What What are you most looking or what are you going to be watching at camp? What are, Or what are you most looking forward to? You know, I, I, I still think it comes down to how this offense – gets guys open, makes, makes, really utilizes these good players. I mean, it's a great offensive line. I think Dak's really getting better. He looks good in, in, in these um, OTAs. 
you know what Zeke's going to do. Just, just how can they utilize Kellen Moore's strengths and say, all right, let's get these guys open. Let, let's figure this out. And, and that's one thing that I have seen. I feel like guys are always running open. Um, I don't know if that's good for the defense or not, but, but I, I, I just feel like it's schemed a little better so far. We'll see. But uh, that's my, my main thing is you know you got the talent. Can they really be efficient and move the ball on offense consistently? Is this yeah. some of the best talent? That, you know, yeah. you've, been, you've been here just I, – I came with you mm -hmm. in 1999. And, uh, but as far as – you talk about the most talented rosters that they have. Where would you in your years rank this – uh, yeah. with the, with the, the rosters I, that you've seen. I think that this is right up there with the 07 and 08. I think the 2018 was really good and they went 9 and 7 and missed the playoffs. That's one thing about this team when you look at Jason Garrett and and and, and Wade Phillips and from that era from about 2007 to 2008. Um, maybe they can sign that guy. I mean, yeah, right. that was a, that looked like a nice range play right. for that green uh, team safety right there. Yeah, I don't know about are these supposed to be kids. That guy looks like he was shaving. <laughs> I need to go talk to him about going to LSU before George gets him at Alabama. Is really what I need to do. Um, the one thing about this team that, that they haven't done well is is that they haven't built off success. I mean, 2007, 13 and three, supposed to come back in 08. They didn't make the playoffs. With Garrett here in 14 was a really good year. 15 was, was tragic. Uh, 2016 was good. 17 they missed. So here they are again. Can they build off, off of success? Yeah, and we're going to have, speaking of success, I don't even know where I was going with that. Yeah. It, was, uh, it, it sounded like they were, lost my yeah, we're, we're, we're toward the end of the – it looks like we're towards the end, and they're all getting together here right now. So uh, – and close to wrapping this thing. thing wrapping yeah. this thing up. I, it looks like to me, if I had to guess, Green had the interception, and they were maybe throwing a Hail Mary there. So maybe that, Gray is our, I, our champion here. It, I, I'd hate that to. Dak's team? Dak's high-fiving people. Yeah. I, think, I think Dak won. Dak looks happy. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's good. It's nice that all these players can get. Again, we keep talking about that, but. You know, the, there's some bragging rights going on right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's some serious bragging. Oh. I mean, they, they, there we go. We get some celebration. Yeah. yeah. The, co like the coaches, which are our players, get into this. Oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some, some dinner bets going on. Oh, absolutely. On this thing because they really get competitive. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a great thing for the kids. And, oh. and keep an eye out on, uh, on our social media channels, um, on our website, our mobile app, and all that stuff because we're going to have some really great content. Uh, about this event coming out, some uh, some videos. Nick, are y'all writing any stories about today, or is yeah, it yeah, we'll have a, we'll have a story. Of that I'll scout's eye up yeah. later yeah. on <laughs> today. Scout out. Scout's eye up. We'll get a little film. What's we'll, the name of this guy? Be on the lookout for him in right. college. Well, the kid just did a right there. Does it a backflip? Yeah. And again, thanks to the Texas Lottery yeah. for putting all this together and this helping is a us out. Great thing that the you know the lottery sponsors this, and a great just a great thing that Coach Garrett does, yeah. and, and really great for the kids and and, and the players and, and everything. So again, thanks uh, thanks Beam, thanks Dave. Thanks, Kent. Thanks, Scott, for uh, helping us put this thing on. Broadus, thank you. Appreciate that, man. Uh, Nick, thank you. Rob, Dave, thank all you guys for uh, contributing today. And I uh, guess we got one more week of shows next week. Absolutely. Right. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then we're done for a few weeks. And then off to Oxnard and Hawaii and back, and the season will be here before we know it. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for hanging out with us on Hanging with the Talking Cowboys Break. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?